Welcome to the American Patchwork and Quilting Podcast, sponsored by Moda Fabrics. We have a terrific show filled with tips and tricks for you today. So let's get to it. Here's your host, Pat Sloan. Happy New Year, everybody. It's Pat Sloan. Such a, so exciting to start a new year. And I have three guests that I've uh, not talked to before and one not for a long time. So this is going to be a, a great new adventure show. So first of all, I have Kimberly Moose, who is the person behind Cotton Cuts Company. And she runs sort of a multifaceted number of things. And I started you know, chatting with her and I thought, okay, let's talk. So Kimberly, thank you for joining me. Thank you so much for having me, Pat. I'm excited to be here. You know, I just I just love finding new people who are doing lots of things. It's like it looks like you like to be busy because you have a lot of different projects going on. Oh gosh, I, I guess I'm hardwired that way. Yeah, we we do lots and lots of exciting things. Yeah. Well, what is your background? Or you know, like how did you discover quilting? Right. So I have been quilting since I was a young girl. I was with my mom. Um, at the sewing machine every day, I sewed my first quilt when I was 13 for a friend. Um, my mom and I made our first quilt, gosh, when I was an early, early teenager together. And so I've been quilting and sewing since I was young. And my mom um, never really treated it as like a, like a domestic type thing. And she always encouraged me to, to look at it as more um, problem solving. And that led to my career as an engineer. So I'm actually an engineer um, who loves to quilt and who loves to, to make things with my hands. And so, yeah, it's, it's been with me for, for a very long time. Oh, that, I think that's really neat. I, don't, I didn't learn to do any of this until much, much later. The engineering part is always fascinating when, because this is, there is math, but it's also just sort of problem solving, right? Right. Oh, my gosh. Even something as simple as your machine is jammed. What are you going to do? You run down a checklist, right? Did you change right. your needle? Did you change your thread? Did you clean everything? It's, it's all problem solving. It's, it's a machine. It's a machine. It's a machine. So you, right. were, telling, you were telling me that you actually, when um, you were early on in quilting, that you used Kool-Aid to dye fabric. Did, you yes. Know, was that a yeah. thing then? <laughs> Uh, so, you know, gosh, rewind the clock back to the late 80s, early 90s. And, you know, muslin was everywhere because it was super easy to find. And so my mom and I took this class where we used Kool-Aid to dye muslin. And we cut it into five-inch squares. It was, it was a class at our local Hancock, so, you know, uh, the, the uh-huh. chain that was around at the time in our small uh-huh. town. And we dyed muslin, sewed it into five-inch squares. And we didn't actually quilt it then. It wasn't, it wasn't a thing to have a a walking foot into quilt at that time. And so we actually tied it with, with just standard yarn. And to me, that was the, the first quilt I ever made. It was, you know, very, very simple. Um, it was something I was able to do with my mother. It's actually a quilt I still have. It's, at, at the time, it seemed so big because I was young. But I see it now, and it, 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 it's not even crib-sized, but yet it still holds so much meaning. And, and I do have to tell you, Pat, I do not endorse Kool-Aid for its color, color fastness. This quilt is quite faded today, but, uh, yeah, I definitely still have it, and I cherish it. I know. I was just going to ask you, what's that color like on the Kool-Aid? Yeah, so this is just a fun, temporary color adjustment, not a lifetime yes. heirloom. <laughs> <laughs> correct, correct. <laughs> so tell me a little bit about your business, Cotton Cuts, because it is you have several different components to it. Right, right. So Cotton Cuts is um, it's a it's a business for quilters, and so it has, like you mentioned, multiple facets to it. So we have our subscription boxes, which is 
which is how we actually started. That was that was our first product. And um, I was, I'll, I'll admit it, bored at work. And I was like, maybe I should subscribe to a, a quilting box. And I looked around, and at the time, there wasn't really anything that fit me. And I was like, well, maybe I can create something. And I, I like the idea of personalization because as I looked at these other boxes, everyone gets the same thing. And I'm like, gosh, but I am so different than my mother. Like in our house, we are just so divergent in our taste and what we do that one box could never fit both of us. And so mm-hmm. it was important to me that our first box had an element of personalization. So we ask everyone what they like, what they don't like. And then our team goes to work to, to match the, the perfect box of fabric to them every month. So we, oh, cool. we love, yeah, and, and you can change your preferences at any time. We always get asked that question because, I mean, you're saying you're working on a project and you need all red and white fabric this month, but the next month you're working on something that's more jewel tone. So mm-hmm. it's something we, we really try to go that, that extra mile for that, that white glove, you know, treating each quilter individually because everyone truly is very different. And so, we started with the boxes, and almost like the second day we launched, I was reached out to by my good friend, Sheila Christensen, now good friend. Um, she is a quilt shop owner in New Zealand, and she ran a puzzle mystery program out of her shop for about five years before she contacted me. And she was looking for someone to bring it to the United States because she had tested in her shop. She was having great success, and she wanted to expand her business. And Evidently, something on my website caught her eye, and so she reached out to me, and, and I was naive enough to say yes. <laughs> and um, we partnered on this puzzle mystery quilt, and we are about to launch our fifth one. It is, um, it is a, a beautiful program. Everything is pre-cut. Um, mm. Again, going back to the preferences and the choices, mm-hmm. um, we give our members a choice of 12 different colors for each quilt because, again, not everyone's the same. We don't want to pick right. a colorway and, and force it on everybody. And it's a 10-month program, so it's super quick. You can do it in 30 minutes a month. We give our we give our members the gift of a finished quilt. So 30 minutes a month for 10 months, and you have a quilt top at the end. And so, so I think this, this one, is this is pretty fascinating that you like made this partnership with a shop in New Zealand and right. that you had never known before. So when when she contacted you, what did you think? I, you know, I was I was um, thinking, gosh, I must be crazy. I'm trying to launch this subscription business, and um, and at the same time, when we were getting feedback about the subscription boxes, people kept telling us, like, we want a project. You know, we love your concept, we love your idea, but we would love it if you could just mail me a project and make it as easy as possible. And I'm super busy. I don't have time. I want to be able to sew in just a short period of time each month. Just because I love it, but I'm busy, I have kids, um, I have grandkids, I don't have time for it. And so we'd always put it on the back burner as, we'll get to that. Hey, you know, we're going to launch the boxes and we'll get to it. And so when I was approached by Sheila, I was like, oh, my gosh, I can partner with this. I don't have to learn how to do this. I, I can. She has this product that is amazing, that's tested, and why not? Let's try this and give this a whirl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you you are yeah. a very venturous soul, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Why not, right? Live, right? Go big or go home, I say. So. Right, right. Yeah, this just launched right. two businesses at once, you know, so. Right, right. <laughs> the other well, and, part and I, that you do is a, a charity component, which I was really fascinated by because quilters are very generous souls. They give a lot of their quilts away and 
they give a lot and they like to give to charity. They like to be involved with charities. So how did you develop a, a charity component? Right. So you, everything you said is absolutely true for us. Quilters give. I mean, very few of the quilts and projects we make do we actually keep. Most of them are given away. And so I, I'm a quilter. I know that. I get that. And I definitely wanted that to be part of my business. And so we actually bought a company that had the Heart Builders in place. And we picked it up, nurtured it, and kept it going. And so Heart Builders for us are 200 quilters all across the United States. And Cotton Cuts supplies them all the materials they need to make a quilt top, to finish it, and to be donated. And so this is something that we have been supporting for a year and a half, has been around for about three years, and since Mm -hmm. its inception has donated over 350 quilts for needy children. And so this is something we we consciously take a portion of our profit, and and we fund this organization. We give them everything we need, everything they need. Um, We pay for all the shipping back and forth. And then we, we donate the finished quilt. So how do people find out if they, you know, so this is actually a standalone function that is just like you have like three businesses then. So, you know, but they're all quilting. So how do they find, how do they find that on your website? Right. So on the Cotton Cuts website, there's a get involved tab. And so there they can apply to be a heart builder. Um, we put folks um, in teams that usually have a, a long armor as their captain, and then there's sub-teams of what we call top kit makers. And so, um, again, recognizing that not everyone um, likes to quilt the same way, right? There's some folks that really want a long arm and some folks that really just want to make a top. Um, we've built these teams where people can apply to be a top kit maker or can be a captain and actually donate their long arm time. And we've had several folks, um, you know, building a long arm business is, is very, very big these days. Um, who use our charity quilts to, to practice new long arm techniques. The, the quilts ah. these women produce are absolutely breathtaking. Every time we get a new batch in from a captain, it is just stunning to our team. The, the amount of care that these heart builders put into each quilt that's donated and, and to know that they're going to, to good places with children that need them the most, and they're truly getting an heirloom that will last, that will last them a long period of time no matter what their situation is. So when, what charity, does it change every year or does, or do you have like a base charity that you generally just stay with? Right. So we, we usually switch it up quarterly. So we, we like to, to spread the love around. And so we like to have charities that have bigger than um, local impact. And so those that, that we, for example, we donated to the National Project Linus. So every city has a Linus chapter. We actually donated it to the, the National um, Foundation, so that way they could distribute it to, in chapters that perhaps were more underserved than others. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so you're looking right. for specific places where maybe they're not getting quite as much? Right, right. So that way we can maximize our reach. Mm-hmm. Neat. So if if somebody wants to... Besides doing this, what is the commitment on something like Heart Builders? I mean, can they just do one and be done? Right, yeah. So that's absolutely the case. They can be one and done. So we have a list, and each month we put together how many people are going to be making a a quilt kit. We reach out and say, hey, are you ready? You know, if we send you a kit, could you possibly have it turned around in four to six weeks to your captain? And um, we also have a strong Facebook group. 
where we have our heart builders, and every now and then, um, Cotton Cuts, the company, will have, like, scrap bags. We, we produce a lot of scraps from our die cutters, and we donate mm-hmm. those to the heart builders to use, again, to, to make breathtaking quilt options. So there's the, the structured, are you going to get a monthly quilt kit? But then there's opportunities that arise all the right. time for folks to take more active roles if they can. And we've had several folks who, you know, for life circumstances, like having a baby, have had to take a break. Kim, or, this you know, has been... Yeah. This has been so much fun, but we're out of time. <laughs> oh, no. Thank you so much for joining me. Everybody you got it. Thank visit... you so much. Yeah, everybody can visit Kim at CottonCuts.com. Thank you so much. Thank you, Pat. Have a great day. Get six issues of American Patchwork and Quilting a year delivered right to your door. Each issue is packed full of quilting patterns, how-to techniques, and tips and tricks from the editors and designers. And right now, we have a special deal for all of our podcast listeners. Visit allpeoplequilt.com slash deal to subscribe and enter coupon code podcast at checkout to get 60% off your subscription. Find the link in our show notes you don't want to miss out. Are you a good starter of projects, but not the best finisher? Have you amassed a large collection of UFOs or unfinished objects? Join our private Facebook group to be supported by a community of quilters all working to finish their projects. Search for the American Patrick and Quilting UFO Challenge on Facebook to get started. Welcome back to American Patrick and Quilting's podcast. I'm Pat Sloan. When I was at the trade show, I was looking around at some booths, and I stopped because I saw these gorgeous wooden items using beautiful threads, uh, something that a lot of quilt makers own. We own lots of threads, so I had to stop and speak to Angela Smith and find out what Pearl and Loop was all about. So, Angela, I am thrilled that you could be here to tell me about this. Thank you. Well, thank you for having me. You know, when I saw your work, um, you know, I had seen pictures of it online, but, you know, when you see it in person, your your wood pieces are gorgeous. Uh, tell me a little bit about what Pearl and Loop is, what your company is. Well, we are all about weaving on quick gratification looms. <clears throat> and... Um, we, uh, everything we design, uh, we design and produce in our Houston studio is with the idea of helping, um, quilters, embroiderers, knitters, crocheters, weavers blast through their stash. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so we yeah. create little things that you can mm-hmm. use, you know, your exquisite leftover threads and yarns and, you know, even ribbon or fabric strips on and things that are quick. You know what I really love is that we quilt makers don't just quilt. I mean, and neither do knitters or crocheters or embroiderers. Like you said, everybody does other things. We're creative people, and so I think it's fascinating to find a, uh, some other way for our, for our outlet of, of what we already own. How did how did you come up with these beautiful looms to show off the threads and ribbons and things? Well, um, you know, initially, uh, Pearl and Loop was an online um, 
yarn shop, a retailer, and um, we had a big focus on quick gratification kits. And uh, I I stumbled upon um, some looms that uh, people made, and I would buy them and create um, little kits, like little weaving kits. So I'd break apart some yarn, add a cute little cotton bag, iron it, stamp a logo on it, make I made my own instructions, photo instructions, everything to support these looms. And a lot of shops, when I would be at, um, you know, like uh, stitches shows or, you know, quilt shows, people would say, hey, can you make that, can you make that for us to sell? Um, and at the time, I, I couldn't because I was not a maker. I, di- I didn't make the looms. I didn't have access mm-hmm. to the machinery. And um, when we moved into this studio space in the building we're at right now, uh, there was a laser cutting studio. And uh, I remember thinking, oh, yeah, yeah, laser, whatever, <laughs> and not knowing what I didn't know. And uh, the uh, person who was assisting me at the time was like, I would like to take a class. And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, oh. right. And I'm like, well, I'll take one too. And so yeah. we took the class together, and all of a sudden I saw possibilities. My, my head exploded with all the possibilities of the things we can make using laser machines and and how quick we could turn it around. Mm-hmm. Now these are all and, wood, and they're in yeah. like some of the pieces are jewelry. You have like this really pretty tree that you can hang like circular ornaments on that you use for the threads. You know when you when you found the the um the die cut, did you you know did you have to design then start designing what you would cut out? Yes. Yes. So everything, we, we would sketch it out. Uh, we, I'd have an idea, and I'd, I'd sketch it out on paper. And then um, my uh, assistant at the time, who's, who's now like my super-duper assistant, um, mm-hmm. Missy, I would, I would tell her, hey, I'd show her a drawing. I have this idea. And she would take it and put it into um, an illustrator, or which then translates into the program that speaks to the laser machine. Mm-hmm. And we would just experiment, and we would try it, and it would take time, and we'd have a lot of a lot of trial, a lot of error, and we would then just get to a point where we had to make the decision that we're not going to let uh, perfection hinder progress, and we would just move forward with the idea. So, how, and, when you were taking that, you were t- you were telling me prior when we you know chatted back and forth that you took this to different you know venues where there where there were makers you know whether they what, any kind of fiber, but you went to some quilt shows. What did you what did you think the quilters would think of them when you first you know started meeting quilters? You know, I, I have to admit that when I first started all of this. I didn't know what I didn't know about the differences between <laughs> yeah. all the all the makers <clears throat> yeah. and all the you know how they their brains worked and mm-hmm. I, that what that, what drove them. But when I went to quilt shows, I, I have an incredible soft spot for quilters because when I started going to the quilt shows, especially like a, I think it was a little show in Dallas, I had mm-hmm. done. I was so nervous. It was like my big first time traveling that far, and they were so welcoming, so accepting, so open. Um, they would look at the kits we had. At that time, we had a lot of needle felting kits, and um, we weren't quite into the heavy into the looms. But they would just look at it and, 
and in their brains they could say, I know what I'm going to make with this. They didn't ask me, what do I do or how do I do it? Mm -hmm. So they would Mm -hmm. say, I know what I'm going to do. And so we have always uh, been super fans of quilters because they take our little looms, our little projects, you know, and they, they realize what they want to do with it. Even if it doesn't go on a quilt, like you mentioned earlier, quilters do other um, needlework other, crafts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they always and have so, something, something going right. on, something crafty. They like to work with their hands. They like to work with their machines. That, tell me um, – you you mentioned that you found out. I think it was Sue Spargo is using some of your work. What does she do with it? So years ago, um, when we were exhibiting at Quilt Market, we we met Sue, and I just thought her work, her, the way she used color, shapes, um, what she, the design she made, just. They, they just brought this sense of joy to me, and I fell in love with her threads and, and everything she, she does. And so um, we started using her threads, and her threads inspired us to make a few pro- products, like our little um, minute weaver, and then we use a lot of her threads in our pictures for our, all of our round weaver items. Mm-hmm. And I tagged her one time in a pattern I made with her threads and my mm-hmm. um, little squares made from my loom. And and she started following us. And eventually she started um, teaching some classes occasionally with our little bracelet limbs. And that just made us feel like we arrived because she just has this stunning ability to mix colors and, and concepts and ideas in a way I don't see very often anywhere else. And it just always makes me smile when I look at her stuff and the fact that she likes our products and finds a way to use our little minute weaver um, in her quilt. She showed me at um, Quilt Market mm-hmm. this past um, a couple months ago that she had taken it and, um, and, and wove the little squares and used them on her quilt. Ah, yeah. yeah. I think I can see that, that you can make these and then they become fiber. They become a piece of, you know, they're a finished piece of, of work that you can then attach to something else, onto bags. But tell me a little, let's talk about the thread, Angela. Like, because quilters do tend to have, if they're if they're piecing up quilt, doing patchwork, you know, it's very thin thread. I'm assuming we're working with a little bit thicker thread than what we do patchwork with. Well, traditionally, um, because you're weaving on any of our, our regular traditional looms, little square looms that make coasters, even our bracelet looms might be uh, not quite amenable to the really, really um, finer threads. Mm-hmm. Um, when it was at um, Quilt Show a couple years ago, and we were talking to a thread maker, and they said, why don't you produce something that people can use with threads? And that's when we got the idea to do our round weavers and we have them in various sizes and i work um with the two inch our brand new product is a two inch pendant um or our little two inch and three inch round weavers that can be put on a little stand i use only fine threads with those not only but quite often fine silk threads oh wow okay so that's that's really good that's that is that's good to know because that's what we have the most of. <laughs> as yes, yes. Yeah. Is the, and you can the, also 
So tell me a few tips on the we talk about it. Let's let's use a one in particular. Can we talk about the round ones that we can use as a necklace? Because I think that that is just such a cool idea for a maker for somebody who uses thread to be able to to do these. So there's like a lot yes. of holes, and then you're weaving this design. How does that work? So um, you kind of we were inspired by Spirograph. If you remember, you know, a, a few years ago when we were younger and they had those Spirograph kits. Um, when you, when you use our little round weavers there, you, you warp the loom so that it kind of, it, it makes that like circular, um, not, I don't know the word for it, but the, it warps up. So it's a circle with a lot of uh, different lines. Mm-hmm. And the key is you have to end up at the right hole to then begin weaving onto the circle. You have to have warped it up enough. And so on the back of the loom, we'll have where you start step one, step two, step three, and step four. It's it's engraved. It's etched on the loom. So no one has to count and get frustrated. And then Mm -hmm. you you follow those steps, and our instructions will have step-by-step and photos. And then you're done – and then it, you, you've got your warp set up, and it's in the round as opposed to straight up and down. And then you literally just – you can use the thread you were warping with or cut, out, cut it off at the back and pop some new thread on your needle. And then you just go under, over, under, over all those, those threads. Now, do and you, have, that are, you have a video, a couple videos, don't you, on your website that sort of yes. show this in progress? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We do. We do. And then on our Instagram, too, we'll have a, a little bit of video. The Instagram will be more um, – we'll get all excited about our belt sanding machine or oh. <laughs> things like that. <laughs> we'll probably have more videos like that. Right. Is your facility open to the public at all? It is not. We are studio okay. workshop, but we um, – we just posted yesterday online our first ever class that's going to be offered in the studio. Oh, fabulous. And uh, we'll start offering classes uh, probably a couple times a quarter and, mm-hmm. and see how that goes. We just have our uh, – with our machinery and it's noisy and mm-hmm. loud and there's lots of mm-hmm. dust, um, we have to shut down when we have visitors. Right. And that's not really feasible. Right, right, right. Yeah, a lot of manufacturers are really not open to the public. Some have a teeny tiny showroom or something like that. But I just want to be sure nobody, you know, came up to your door knocking. Hello, that's <laughs> right. <laughs> so um, everybody can follow you, Angela, uh, at your Instagram. They can go to your website, watch the videos. There's a tab right at the top of uh, pearlandloop.com, which says videos, and see your fabul- fabulous products. Um, I really appreciate you telling us about this. I just think they're gorgeous. Well, thank you so much, and, and thank you for having me. And so, everybody, go out and find this brand new way to use up all of those loose ends and little bitty threads that you have. Uh, I and maybe you'll see Angela at a show sometime. So, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. This is American Patchwork and Quilting's podcast. We'll be right back.
Hi, I'm Jody Sanders, Group Editor of American Patchwork and Quilting, and I'd like to invite you to join me in making pillowcases to make a difference. For people who love to sew or quilt, it's so easy to lift spirits and bring smiles to hospitalized kids, homeless families, and others who are in need. Simply join American Patchwork and Quilting Magazine's One Million Pillowcase Challenge. Make one, two, or more pillowcases and donate them in your local community. You will make a difference with every pillowcase that you donate. Join the movement today. Find complete details, download free patterns, and record your donations online at allpeoplequilt.com slash million pillowcase. Join the annual American Patchwork and Quilting Quilt Along, along with thousands of other quilters. Visit allpeoplequilt.com slash quilt along to choose your favorite project and get the pattern. Then get sewing. Share photos of your progress on social media using the hashtag APQQuiltalong to join the fun. Welcome back to American Patrick and Quilting's podcast. I cannot go to a trade show without finding my buddy, Bonnie Sullivan, of all through the night because I need to come and get a hug and say hello. And today, there's no hug, but we're going to talk. Thanks for being here, Bonnie. Hi, Pat. It's good to be here with you. I know. I'm always going coming over to see what the heck you've invented next. You are so <laughs> You're so creative. I mean, no, seriously. Like every time, I was like, okay, what what's new? What kind of fun, fun, fun Aww. thing have you done? So you know, a lot I'm... of people know your work, Bonnie. Um, you do fabric. Uh, you have wool. You have applique. You have all these great things. How long? Uh, this is like you know these hard questions. How long have you had your <laughs> business all through the night? Well, I started um, designing some things in 2001 and decided to go to quilt market in spring of 2002. So that was my first market. Mm -hmm. And I came with uh, a lot of projects, but they were all wool penny rugs. So that's how I started. Yeah. And I came to market with my sister, Kathy Schmitz, and she had her watercolor projects and we had a great time. I know the two of you are like, you know, creativity oozing out of everything, you know, it's like, (laughs) (laughs) so, you know, do you feel like your personal work has changed, uh, over, I mean, it's a lot of years, you know, your interests have, you know, your colors. What do you, what do you see when you sort of look back at it? Well, um, I think the colors might have been a little more muted originally, but mm-hmm. after that first market, then I started um, speaking with Maywood Studios and developed a line of flannels that were meant to look like wool. Wool was kind of my first love, so mm-hmm. um, that line came out. It's called Woolies, and it's a basic, and it's just evolved over the years and changed several times. Um, and then last year, we added another group to look like hand-dyed walls, and it's called Color Wash. So the two of those work really well together. And I really enjoy mixing the flannel with the wool, so I still like to use the wool. I wish I had more time to do everything. Oh, I know. um, I know. The brain, you probably have, like like me, like a lot of designers, our brains can think of so many more things that we can physically execute. You know, it's like... Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
Now, you have yeah. one uh, thing that's fairly new where you've got some designs printed on to the fabric. Tell me how, tell me how what that's yeah. about. Well, that's a new thing. I started a year or two ago, and um, in the patterns, I have a background piece of fabric that's already pre-printed. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the design is printed on, but then there are applique pieces that you need to add to it, and all the embroidery lines are printed on. So there's no guesswork about where to place the applique, or you don't have to trace your um, your embroidery lines on. Everything's there for you. So it's a really simple project and a fun one to do, a great beginner one for someone who's just learning a lot of these techniques. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot of fun. It adds another dimension, another depth, because some of the things that are printed on are may look uh, like the photograph, kind of. So it's just all mixed together. So like on those, would, if somebody didn't like embroider, if they if they were not embroiderers, could they just leave mm-hmm. your line? You know, the fabric has the lines there. Would it just look like yeah. the background fabric then? Um, they could leave them, especially um, a lot of them have some some words on them, and those are all mm-hmm. done with black. And I, the smaller it is, the more I say, okay, just leave those lines mm-hmm. because <laughs> it's kind of hard to do all the turning of the corners and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they could leave the other ones if they wanted to. They might not be quite the color. They are mm-hmm. printed on, like if you need to stitch a green stem, the line is done in green. Or if it oh, needs okay. to be a red dot. So it's all laid out for them. Yeah. Yeah. So it really is designed for you to cover it up. It's, you know, so you don't have to trace it yourself, but there it is. You can, yeah. You can just do that. I think it looks a little better stitched on. Yeah. 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 Just curious because I, I, I looked at it, but I think it was when you first brought them out. So I didn't, I didn't see, see any recently. I couldn't quite picture what they look like. What is your current <laughs> fabric line that's in the store? Well, um, I have the basics that are the color wash and the woolies, and I have two um, coordinating groups, which is what I'm doing a lot more of now that goes with those. Mm-hmm. There's two coming out, um, one in May and one in June. One is called Happy Jacks and Friends, and it's a, like it sounds, kind of, I guess, a right. Halloween fall-themed. <laughs> and the other one is Most Wonderful World, and that's a Christmas line. And then I'm just finishing up uh, another group. I don't have a name on it yet, but it's going to be an everyday group. And I'm hoping that that will be ready for spring market. Mm-hmm. So yeah. always doing yeah. just little small groups to add to the to the woolies and the color wash. That's such a great idea because then you have your basic, and then you can just you know play around with prints and you know do fun fun yeah. things. You now I have a. I have a question about one of your patterns, and I didn't tell you in advance I was going to ask this, but I know you'll know the oh, answer. Okay. <laughs> because you you don't do as much patchwork. You know, you're more – because you draw, you know, you applique, your style is very, very distinct. But you have a, mm-hmm. um, a woven patchwork quilt. I think it's actually called woven or something that looks That's, like uh, ribbons. Over and, yeah, over yeah. and down under maybe. Yes, yes, yes. That is mm-hmm. such a fascinating quilt that, you know, whenever somebody in my group shows that, everybody's like, what is that pattern? That is so cool. Um, <laughs> well, I have to tell you a funny little story with that one is that um, my husband, you know, is living in Australia. And so we, we Skype or WhatsApp all the time, and he's always asking what I'm doing. And I was trying, he didn't know what pre-cuts were. 
Mm-hmm. So I was trying to explain to them what a jelly roll was, or, you know, I said it's two and a half inch strips of all the different pieces in a line. And he said, well, could you just weave them together? And I said, well, no, you've got raw edges. And But then that is what inspired it. And so weaving is over and under, but he's in Australia, so it's over and down under is how that one got its name. <laughs> That's fabulous. That's fabulous. Yes, you can weave it. Just manually. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and these these aren't woven, but it is meant right. to look woven. But yeah. 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 It does. It really, really does. Now, when, I mean, the color is so important, like color placement on that particular yeah. one. Did it take you yeah. a long time to sort of get that? I mean, you, you probably colored it. Does, it does take a little while. Um, I generally, I love to have fabric in hand. Um, when I'm working on something, but I will say the computer came in pretty handy on that one <laughs> because I was able to move things around quite easily. Mm-hmm. So, yep, so I'm having to learn a few technical things. I have I have a gal who's working for me now that's really good when I say, oh, my goodness, I need to post something about this um, podcast with Pat and so that <laughs> I can do it. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) I'm still learning. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, when you're talking about your husband being in Australia, you know, the two of you Mm -hmm. live and, you know, through uh, time, time travel, you know, real Uh, travel, time travel. Uh, How often are you, you know, you're, you're mostly traveling for your, your family part of your life. You know, how often are you Mm -hmm. doing that? Do you, do you stay in Australia for weeks at a time? Well, I do. Um, uh, yeah, hmm. we, I go maybe once or twice a year, and he comes here. Um, at prior to this, I wasn't allowed to stay any more than three months at a time. Um, right. And, but I just got my residency, so now I can stay for longer than three months. Ah. So that's good. Um, yeah. But I am heading back over in March. This time only for three weeks, so it's a short trip. But I have Ooh. quite a full schedule, so. Um, that's all I can manage at the time. Right, right, because that's hard because when you're there doing that kind of a thing, you're not being able to do probably your design work that you have all your stuff yeah. at home, all your, you know. No, I didn't. I did manage file. to take another monitor and my carry-on luggage, and so I have a workstation <laughs> set up over there, which is great, but I don't have all my fabric around me. Yeah. And, you know, um, last year when I was over in the spring, I was designing like crazy, and I would call home and have my son print off the pattern from Dropbox and take all the fabric to my mother, who's a huge blessing, and she yeah. was selling quilts like crazy. So oh um, this last time I went over, I brought her with me to Australia. Oh, there you go. Let's just make this easier, Mom. Let's come yeah. along. <laughs> yeah. So when you're in Australia, are you doing some uh, workshops with quilters and stitchers there? I have done a couple, a um, couple things with Gail Pan, and mm. um, sometimes I've met up with Lynette Anderson. Or I've made some great friends in that part of the country. And this last time when I was there, I was working on some some wool projects, which I don't get to do too often. I brought things with me um, for some Christmas ornaments, mm-hmm. and I didn't have the right color of wool, so I told my husband, oh, I think we need to go to Bathurst and visit Annie Downs. I know she's got wool there. So it's kind of fun to explore different areas there. 
that is neat where, you know, now because of the Internet, really, I mean, you know, these people, you can chat with mm-hmm. them in advance, you know, make friends with before you actually see them in person. Um, yeah, it makes our world nice and small. Right. So you can. It's wonderful. Mm-hmm. It is. It is so wonderful. When um, so give me a couple. Give me a tip for working. You know, what is something that really helps you or helps people when you when they ask you? About working with wool or about? Um, Well, any of the things that you do. Is there something you do that, you know, there's sort of a general tip for your projects? Hmm. Um, One thing people do ask me on wool is how to transfer lettering because a lot of my backgrounds, I use black a lot on my backgrounds. Mm -hmm. And I found that Glad Press and Seal works fabulous and I just um, take a sheet of that and press it over my paper that has the writing on it mm-hmm. and draw the design peel it up and lay it on my um, wool press it down to the wool and stitch right through it and it just tears away beautifully so I guess that would be my main tip with working with wool so I didn't know that it would stitch away it's pull away from your stitches that easily you don't have to snip it oh, or help great. it no no it works just fine. Wow, the smaller you stitch is probably the better because it perforates it every time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I have glad press and seal. I'm going to get this yeah. out. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm going to try this. <laughs> <laughs> it was difficult to find when I was in Australia. I had to order it from Amazon. So, <laughs> But here we have it easily. Right. I, mean, I think it's also like wax paper is another thing. A lot of countries don't. They might have something yeah. with a different name, but people always looking for yeah, wax like freezer paper. paper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh goodness! So one last quick question: Are you collecting anything on your travels, or is it kind of like having two homes? Um, I do. I collect yeah. a little bit of odd things. I have over there. I've been to some amazing beaches that have great shells, and oh, nice. I do tend to pick those up. We were in New Zealand and. I collected a bunch of seashells, and then I got worried about taking them back to Australia and home, so I shipped a box of seashells for $40 oh. <laughs> back home. Um, oh, well, just, Bonnie, uh, this, little has been, love. Mm-hmm. this has been so much fun because we're out of time. Okay. Oh, my goodness. Okay. I know. It just flies by. Thank you so much for being here. <laughs> see you bad, and we'll see you at market. Okay, see you there. That's okay. Bonnie Thanks, at Pat. all through the night.net, and you can find her on Instagram. We'll be right back. We know our listeners love a good deal. We have a special offer just for our podcast listeners. Get 50% off a downloadable pattern of your choice in our online shop. Visit apqshop.com, add a digital pattern to your cart, and enter coupon code PODCAST at checkout. Then get quilting. Visit our show notes for more details. We've been doing the American Patchwork and Quilting podcast since 2011. That's a lot of shows. Search for guests listen to past episodes, and read quotes from the show on our website. You'll even find a special welcome video from our host, Pat Sloan. Visit us at allpeoplequilt.com slash podcast. 
Welcome back to American Patchwork and Quilting's podcast. I'm Pat Sloan. This is uh, last segment here. I want to take some time to tell you a little bit about what I'm doing for the new for the new year. Journeying into my year, uh, I'd like to call it when I when I do this online from my my Facebook community, I call it a fireside chat because I sort of sit here and I tell you what's going on, show you things on the video. So if you like communities and you like being over there, you can join me at Quilt Along with Pat Sloan, where I, I do this uh, maybe twice a month, do a fireside chat. Someone told me I should have it on the front porch chat when it gets warm out. So, you know, I think that'll that'll be a good thing to do. So when I start each year, I, I do a couple of different things. One is for the past uh, 13 years, this is my 14th year, I do a word of the year. And it's kind of a fun way to pick something to focus on. You know, it might have a deep meaning, it might have a light meaning. Uh, it, and I keep that word sort of in my heart. And I think about how I want to live that word, whether I you know, do things that meet it or enjoy it in some other way. Often, you know, the reality is that I sort of forget about it and some months I remember and some months I don't. But this year my commitment is to every month sort of revisit my word of the year and this year it is joy. And on my website for my show day here, I'll put a link to the article so that you can go see the other words I've had every year. So they're quite fun. Then I got this crazy idea on New Year's Eve, literally New Year's Eve. I was sitting on the computer, and of course, something floated by like it does, and it was do a photo a day. It was capture your 365, and it's a project run by a lady in California, and I thought, oh, that is that is interesting. Take a photo a day. I take photos nearly every day, if not every day already, but... What this does is give you a prompt, give you a theme, give you a focus, much like I do with all of my other work. Is you know, There's usually some reason for what's going on, but it's to build your photo skills, to build how you look at things, how you examine it, how you might approach, uh, approach it differently, photography it differently. I've been taking photos for a very long time. Um, we have a lot of cameras in my house, and my, my husband, finally, Greg, finally known as the shipping department, uh, he is an avid photographer, and we have lots of camera equipment. Uh, so I, I signed up, and I've been doing this photo a day. Today is the 7th. I've taken my photo because, of course, I'm a, like an overachiever, so I can't just take the photo. I have to tell why I'm taking that photo to match the day's prompt. So what I'm doing is on my Facebook personal page, I'm putting that um, right up. And then I have a, a page where I do a journaling, and I'm putting the pictures there So uh, and linking over. So like, eh, we'll see how far I go with all the writing part, but definitely I'm going to do the photo part. I definitely want to, to do that. So these are, these are creative things. Uh, you know, I, I told I, – I tell you all the time about making and about quilting and there are other parts of my life, you know, so those are a couple of those. So about the quilting part, of course, kicking off um, in January, I have the next two sew alongs. Yay. So the first one is the block of the month, which is something I do for a company called like so websites. Uh, they hire me to produce, you know, design, run this uh, for their customers. And 
and we all benefit from that. And it has a theme. This theme is called Out of This World. Yay! I'm so excited. Out of This World, meaning space. So I found this really darling space fabric, and every month, the the theme will be space, but not like boring space, not like, you know, sciencey stuff. It'll be like fun things. The first one was and, and a lot of it's personal, personal things, personal memories of mine. Hopefully you can connect to. Uh, so the space shuttle is the first one because I've been lucky enough to see them. I am lucky enough right now to live right near the Stephen Udvarharzi Smithsonian Museum at Dulles Airport, which has the space shuttle discovery in it. So you'll see a photo of that. And then on the um, Lexo website, the, the prequelpatterns.info is where it lives. You can see pictures we took of the space shuttles we saw back in the day when the program was first started. So there's a whole story about that. So that comes out once a month. And I just love it. People have been making the blocks. You don't have to use space fabric. You can use whatever fabric you like. But space is pretty fun. There's really neat things out there. And one lady is doing under the sea because she says that's like another area of space. Another un unexplored area is the sea. So I thought that was very creative. Uh, so I also have my weekly sew-along. On the weekly sew-along... That is where the blocks are super simple, and once a week, we're doing a block just to have fun. It's to have fun, so a block, use up your stash, because we all want to get rid of stuff. You know, Just like Angela and her gorgeous looms, where you can use up little bits of thread, you know, take the ends off of stuff, thread maybe that you've like bought and you, you haven't used it all. There's ways to use things up, and that's what my weekly sew-along is all about. I put a little twist on it this year, because I have um, uh, once, a, once a month, I'll do a giveaway. So you make the block and share it. And that's happening this for this first block for January. So you want to be sure you go and make the first block. Uh, it's called a flower bouquet. Oh, let me tell you that thing. The other twist is that I'm, you, I'm going to give you directions for the pattern for you know regular cutting with your ruler and rotary cutter. But also I'm using the Gemini die cut machine. And so I'm showing you how to do how I'm doing that. So there's two parts. Um, now the flower bouquet is is all about flowers and gardens, but it's also with a twist. It's not going to be just what you expect. Like the first one is seed catalogs because it is January, and for the uh, the section of the world a lot of us live in, we're not gardening. We're not gardening in January. We're dreaming about gardening. We're planning gardens. We're thinking about gardens, but we aren't gardening. So the C catalog was my memory for that. And it's a, it's a fun block. I'm going to do – so I haven't told you this yet. Maybe if you were reading between the lines, you would have noticed this. But So if you, if you didn't, I'm telling you now. Uh, I'll do two layouts because I'm doing an asymmetrical layout, very similar to what I did for Solstice. Uh, and a lot of people, and then like globe trotting and some other things I've done in the past, and a lot of people ask me to, they, they really enjoy those. But there's a lot of you who are very symmetrical and doing an asymmetrical design, like, you know, makes your head hurt. So uh, <laughs> you really should try it. They're a lot of fun. But if you are more of a symmetrical person, then they'll just be a straight layout. It's nothing fancy at all, but it gives you a way to use up your fabric and have fun and just have a regular straight setting. So so you want to get in on this. You want to start now. It, they're easy to catch up, but it's more fun to sew along like with everybody when it's happening. Uh, 
Now, January also starts the new Orfil Designer of the Month interviews. That's always on the 15th. So if you're looking for that, it's on the 15th of the month. So those are the three that are being kicked off. Um, I have Beverly of Flamingo Toes as the January designer for Orfil. That's I haven't told anybody that. So because you listen to my podcast, you get to hear these things first, and they're they're good and they're important because you get to hear them first and be in the know. Uh, so the January the um, Orfil one is very fun because I interview the designer. And that's really the primary thing, is these are people who use Orfil Thread. Orfil is very excited about their work um, and want to showcase their work. And I am uh, the producer and of, of that project. So I interview them. But we also ask them to design a block. And so the blocks are very, very unique. They're uh, done along a theme which is very loose. It's a very open theme. And so they interpret that. They tell us then the story behind their block. And you'll be getting 12 blocks that are are things you wouldn't find normally anywhere else. I mean, some of them are more traditional, but sometimes they're very, very untraditional. So that's the fun, is seeing that creative process from a group of designers and then having it all pulled together. Now, every year at the end, of the year, I design, um, or in January, which I'm doing now, I designed the layout for the previous year. So right now I'm designing 2018's layout. And it's um, on my design wall. So if you watched my video yesterday over in my Facebook group, I told you I couldn't, <clears throat> I couldn't do the video sitting at my machine because the design wall is behind me with the project up on it. So I can't take it down until it's done. So that's a uh, that's that's going on. It's almost done. Be it be out there. It'll be out there soon. It has to be quilted, but I'm gonna do the the pattern and show you that before the quilt is actually quilted. So in the true true confessions category. So let's talk true confessions because I was talking in the group, my my community at Facebook. I was asking them, you know, what when do you decide a quilt is done? You know, like if you wanted to say, my quilt's finished, is it finished when it's a top? Is it, I think some people it is. I think for some, it's like, I'm done. I've, I made the top. Yes, it might get quilted someday. Yes, I've sent it off to be quilted. Many of us, uh, some people just collect tops. They're just top makers. They make tops. They store tops. That's it. Um, but if we're making a whole quilt, uh, often you have to have the binding on. And once the binding's on, that project is finished but but there are little other components to it you I really feel you should put a label on I've always labeled all my quilts from day one I I think I'm a I'm a, a documentation sort of nerd in a way so there's always a label so some people when the label's on and it's written you know that's it and then other ones it's when it's given when you give the quilt then it's done so my true confession here as even though I'm a documentation nerd for, for the most part, I had one huge fail that I have never really documented my finishes. I don't really have this beautiful gallery that shows you these are the quilts I made in 2010. You know, I just never did that. So I think about that a lot because I will talk to people who have done that and it's really fabulous. Um, uh, I think it was, it's uh, Laura Pyland, yes, of um, Slice of Pie 
a website. Yeah. So she just listed how many quilts she finished in 2018, like this phenomenal number. So I'm like, okay, I think I should start because I was talking to a friend about this and she's like, you know, you just need to start. And I tell you this about other things. You just need to start. So for me, I think I will start at least in 2019. I will document everything finished. Um, so I'm trying to decide if the bindings that I did in December, in December, uh, but they weren't quite finished. Cause I didn't get the label like stitched down or the sleeve stitched down. There'd be 2019 finishes. So I've got a few on the fence. I'm kind of like on oh, the fence. Where are they? They done. They not done. So that is, uh, that is my true confession. I need to document all this stuff. I have over 600 pieces, so I will be working on that. Now, over at Facebook, I want you to realize if you're UFO busting, you can go to the um, American Patrick and Quilting's Facebook group for UFO busting. It is fabulous. People have already been showing their lists. You can make a list. You can show your things. And you can visit me at Quilt Along with Pat Sloan. Join my community. Join my sew-alongs. And I am super excited to say Happy New Year once again. Uh, my many, many years you've been joining me in January for a kickoff for all of our sewing. I appreciate it. And I will have a new show next week. It'll be a lot of fun. And we'll, uh, we'll catch up then. So I'm Pat Sloan. Chat with you next week. all and thanks for listening if you love the american patchwork and quilting podcast please subscribe on itunes or your favorite podcast app and don't forget to rate and review the show it helps other quilters find us have a creative week